it. Still fights out of it. Now throws it deep downfield. Tyree, who makes the catch. At the 23 yard line. What a play by Manning. And what a catch by Tyree. Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. It against his helmet as he goes to the ground and not dropping it. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. This is your boy David Tyree checking back in with you. Want to thank you for tuning in week in and week out. And I need you to stay dialed in. For more information, you can find us everywhere YouTube, Apple, Spotify. And please check in at the website www.davidtyree85.com for more updates. But the hotness is here. So listen, here's what we're doing today. It is a solo mission, but I promise to deliver the diamond because that's what you're here for. Week in and week out, what are we doing? We're going through the process, the pain points, the journey. And a few weeks back, I opened up a little something. I tried to deliver some value with our transition toolbox. So I'm going to unpack this toolkit in a way where you can understand a little bit more, a little deeper, the four things that I talked about. What was the first thing that I discussed? I can promise you, if you book me to come in and deliver the diamonds, I'm probably going to talk about humility. Why? This is the leadership virtue. This is the personal virtue that really gives life to every internal attribute that, you know, think about your, your core competencies and what you're making up that is defining you as a person. You probably need to slide a little dose of humility in there. We call it humble pie, right? Stay humble and hungry. That's the, these are the grit factors that allow us to attain success and reach that moment of that moment of significance that every single one of us is searching for. So that's where we're going today. We're going to look at humility. What is it? Why is it like, you know, is it something that we really desire? I think that's something you actually have to ask yourself. You know, research, I'm going to get into a little bit of deliverables. I even did a little research here, guys. I actually have a little bit of experience myself and why this has been really, really powerful for me, but I actually got some nuggets to deliver. So, you know, first thing, thought I really want to leave you with, right? So no matter where you go and what you've accomplished in your life and what your goals are, you're always going to be a piece of the puzzle, right? So I'm an old school cat. Yes, I did, you know, part of my my, my childhood actually had jigsaw puzzles. And I think we all see the picture when it comes to the jigsaw puzzle. And, you know, me and my family, we like to do thousand piece puzzles. You know, if I get away with the kids, I'm like, get your behind over here and be bored with me doing this puzzle. But the beauty of a puzzle is the time that it takes and how every piece, the worst thing that you could do is spend hours putting a puzzle together and there's a missing piece. The picture is flawed. That's what you'll find is all that effort, time, and the beauty and the time that it took to bring forth this entire big picture. So what is that saying about us in our, our team, within our company, within our family, within our relationships? No matter what you've done or accomplished, you'll always be one small piece of the big picture. So that is really what I want you to think about and why the, the value of humility, why the value of this virtue is so integral when you're thinking about any area of life, leadership, and how we're progressing as individuals. This is so powerful. So what is it? 
I'm going to, you know, kind of give you three ways that you can characterize humility because it's this virtue that everybody wants to have that I think we do see some of the value in, but it's not like this, it's not natural, right? I can be honest with you. You know, it's natural to have, to have a, a desire to be successful. It's natural to have a desire to want to win. It's natural for those things. It's not natural to prefer others. So humility can be characterized with three things. First is high self-awareness, right? High self-awareness, having a general understanding of your strengths, weaknesses, liabilities, you know, all those things. But, you know, I've mentioned this in the past. It, you know, we can't be the sole evaluator of our own self-awareness. That's the first thing, high self-awareness. The next is showing appreciation for others, right? Recognizing the people within your life, within your world ecosystem, wherever you are, and appreciating them, ascribing some proper value to them as individuals. The third thing is, emphasizing a culture of learning or what our, our professionals in the marketplace call a growth mindset, meaning having a steady hunger to learn and grow. And, and I think growth is really just an indicator of being alive. You know, you know, obviously if we're not intentional about growth as we mature, then we have the ability to stagnate and we just, you know, we can, we can be like dinosaurs. If we don't evolve or we don't grow, if we don't learn and we stagnate and our value diminishes over time. So we call that a growth mindset. And that's, if, if you put that little hodgepodge together, we can really grab hold of these, these general attributes of humility, right? So now how does, what happens and what of our, I don't want to call them misconceptions, but because I think as humans, we're all having experiences, right? Everybody's having experience. So ideas around humility that I think might be either incomplete or I would even say false ideas about what humility is or what humility is not is allowing other people to rule over you, right? Um, not being, you know, the, the perceptions around taking a posture of humility is that, you know, we give people the space to maybe take advantage of us. And that's not really what humility is. I think we can be confident. We can be, we can have some measure of uh, true, true value. Well, that leads me to my next point about what humility is not. It's, it's not devaluing yourself in any particular way, especially for the acceptance or the approval of others. That's not a form of humility. Humility is not downplaying your past accomplishments, right? So I say there's nothing, you know, there, there's nothing humble about lying. If you were the state champion and you were the most, you were the number one player in, in your class, if you are the best at what you do, it's okay to say I'm the best at what I do, right? That's not that's not arrogant by saying I'm the best. It's a belief, and all beliefs should be able to be verified in some way, right? Whether it's you know it's, there should be some something that you should be able to stand some research, you should be able to stand the test, and I think that's having a measure of confidence and authenticity and still maintaining the opportunity to be humble, right? So, so I'm just kind of shaping some of the ideas about what humility is, why it's so important, because I'm gonna tell you what, you know, there's something in our, in our daily human experience that fights against it. You know, there's, there's this cool thing that anybody who, who reads or is kind of looking to grow in any way understands the human experience is that we have needs. Our needs are great, right? And that's the reason why I talk about humility, because humility is what anchors our pursuit in, in, in relation to those needs, right? We have 
the, the basic needs like food, water, right? Sleep. Like, those, you know, Maslow's hierarchy is, is, you know, is an image or, you know, a theory that helps us to recognize the needs of the human, of every human in the earth. And I think we all can acknowledge that. So that's the base level needs, man. If I, if I don't eat, nothing else matters, right? <laughs> that's like integral to my survival. Then there's like the next layer, which are like safety and security needs, right? Like a home, having some finances to, to take care of my family. And, you know, some of you may have heard or listened, I got a big family. I got seven kids. That's why I need y'all to subscribe and comment and do all those things on social media. But um, no, seriously, like we have these basic needs that move into security and safety, right? Then we have our social needs, right? Right above that is our social needs. Our social needs are immense. Like they're enormous, right? Having a sense of belonging and acceptance in our human experience. Then it's the esteem needs, to be respected, to be valued. So these are like, there's like five layers in, in, in Maslow's hierarchy. And the highest would be what he would call self-actualization, which kind of gets into the identity, the meaning, and the fulfillment. So I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of moving along. I'm moving along pretty fast. And what I, what I find in my personal experience, what I find in my experience with others, is not that like ego is the enemy, but ego is the, the recognition that, that if these needs aren't met, we all have a, I call it hardwiring. Like I think that humans are hardwired and every human is hardwired with the desire to be successful. Every human is hardwired with the desire to belong and to love and be loved. These are some of the hardwiring that Maslow kind of acknowledges. And if we're not getting those needs met, then we can kind of go savage on you. I think the pandemic has revealed not just, I wouldn't even call it a mental health crisis. It reveals our needs and how when our environment shifts, you know, we retreat into some, you know, we have the ability to accomplish great things, do great things. And then humans have sadly have the ability to do some really base level things. Like, you know, there's a, there's a classic book called Lord of the Flies where, you know, you, you get to see little kids turn to savages. And I think that if people have, you know, when they're not eating, when they don't have their basic needs, the lowest level needs, then there's the, there's the, the, the natural desire to choose their own needs above at the expense of other people's needs. And this is why humility is a chief virtue amongst all, because it does esteem others sometimes above ourselves, not at the expense but it places a value upon others where you're actually providing a value that will give you a return on that value that you're investing into others, into your coworkers, into your teams, into your teammates, into your, into your spouses. So humility is a virtue that has endless, endless, endless rewards. So I talked about a little bit about what humility isn't, right? Because we have some misconceptions that, People, I'm not going to be taken advantage of, right? But, hey, you know, and we're fearful. Like, we, I think we have to be honest as people. It's like, hey, I've been taken advantage of. It sucks. Let me tell you what. It sucks. And when I say taken advantage of, not in an abusive way, but, man, this person really didn't have my best interest at heart. You know, as an athlete, and within the athlete community especially, you know, you're delivering such a high value. And people, you're going to need people to you know, kind of 
provide some of their skills to, so that you can focus on your superpower. And, you know, that means you're going to have to trust people to do their job. So I've been, had some of those sour experiences. And number one, through your, through your journey, your experience, you learn, right? And like I said, the number one, one of the simplest definitions of humility is to be teachable. So that, that, that growth and the experience that we get through these relationships, through working with our peers, through working with our teammates, through our social, social uh, network, that's how we actually forge the fire and come to the proper conclusions, right? So I talked about a little bit, and now I'm going to get into some, you know, some practical ways, some ways that you could actually practice humility. Because if I'm saying this is something that you need in your toolkit, how can you strengthen those muscles, right? Like, how can you strengthen the, the action items that, you know, that are going to posture you to, to maybe be more humble? All right, so here's the first thing you could do. You can ask questions, right? You can ask questions. Everybody is, with, is somewhere looking to be valued and maybe offer their, their information. Everybody's uploading something within our culture and society today. But in, in, in the right setting, when you ask questions, you wait, you're taking interest in others, right? You're, you're, you're creating a platform that is valuing someone other than yourself, that is giving others the opportunity to add their value, to share their story, perhaps, right? The second thing that we can do is practice the art of listening. This has been a long journey for thine self, <laughs> right? I've, I've been a dynamic marriage. You know, I think anyone who is, who is married understands there's a constant rubbing in that relationship that challenges you to be better. And what anchors a marriage is your commitment, right? The whole idea of what makes marriage, you know, so amazing is that there's supposed to be a no quit clause. And I know I could be rubbing a little, little bit of wrong, you know, you know, I could, I could be upsetting some folks, but here's, that's the whole idea. You're supposed to be in it to win it. The whole idea is like, there's no way out. So I'm more willing to change. And so, you know, I'm only saying that because I had to learn how to listen, man. I, I, yes, yes, I wasn't, I wasn't good. I was not good at it. I wanted to go to sleep, go to practice, calm down, chill out. You know, uh, we all have our, 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 our pleasures, our getaways. And that was something I had to learn how to give over to my wife. And I benefited from being willing by valuing my relationship. I say, you know what? I'm just going to listen and make this space for some quality time within this relationship. That's just one example of how you can posture yourself to listen. And it will, it will cause you to be more humble. Number three is you can focus on winning people and not winning arguments, Right. Focus on winning people and not winning arguments. This is a classic trap within any relationship. And, and what we have to understand is the big picture is always about how we win, right? So we live in a world of being, you're either dependent, independent, and what we miss out on is interdependence. The real sweet sauce is how we work together to accomplish things that we could not do apart from oneself. So focus on winning people and not winning debates or arguments, and you'll, you'll practice that muscle of humility. How about you share some of your challenges and some of your mistakes along the way, right? This works in a work setting within a teammate. It's taking some ownership for your imperfections. 
Number one, this is, you know, the name of my, my company, my life and brand is Weave Through Truth, Transparency and Transformation. That's who I am. So transparency is allowing myself to be seen. I could present myself in all of my ugly in a way where I think sometimes people can connect with that. You know, so that's another way that we can win and grow those muscles of humility. Next, how about you ask for help, right? Just, just ask for help. <laughs> like in any particular area and environment, this has so much value. If you're struggling with your thoughts, if you're struggling with your mental health, if you're struggling with something physically, if you're struggling with your fitness, you know, you can appeal to someone to say, hey, man, I really need help with this. If it's a project at work, you can appeal to your coworker. You're in charge of that project. You're in charge of getting it done. You can say, man, I think I got a, a good direction of where I want to go, but I can really use your insight. Asking for help is one of the most amazing forms of humility, right? And you don't lose anything when you do it either, you know? And sometimes we're afraid to be perceived a particular way, like that idea that maybe somebody might think I'm incompetent. No, the strength is in, is, is in knowing that I do have weaknesses and that I can entrust those weaknesses to someone who, who is a peer, um, an advocate, an ally in some way that can enhance me and we can do great things together. Last thing I'll share is commit to an action item that serves other people. You know, what am I saying? How about you practice remembering someone's name? Write a handwritten note. There, there's, there's, there's an extra, you know, there, there's something that we can do that will posture us to serve the individual along the way. So, you know, I'm, I'm not just sharing with you about humility. I want to position you to do some things that's actually going to make you more humble. You know, you know I, I love this. Me, within my faith, you know, God tells us to humble ourselves. There's, you know, I mean, like this is only for somebody who believes in, in Christ and believes in God, but he tells me to humble myself. So there's something that I can do to actually make myself more humble versus, you know, expecting humility to pop out of nowhere. So I think there's some things that you can do. The next thing I really want to do is share with you, this is not my own information, but this is something I've found to be really valuable that I want to share with you guys because life is happening, right? And in order for you to adopt the, the prospect and practice humility, what's the benefit, right? What's the benefit of giving other people so much more value when I only have so much, you know, I have so many goals, I have so much desire to accomplish it. And if, if they're not adding value to me, then why should I give it to them, right? We, that's, that's the kind of way we, we propose a lot of our interactions. And that's why we stay in the transactional lane and not in the transformational lane, right? We need to get in that transformational lane. So the... There's a person named Appealing Kessenber is a psychologist and she talked about the eight benefits, right? And I, listen, let me tell you what, I believe in these things because I've experienced most of them and they're simple, right? These are some simple takeaways. Her takeaway was from the eight benefits that, that, that humility can offer us. Humility soothes the soul. It was, you know, this is all research-based and, and it basically said humble people are more um they're better equipped to deal with the anxiety, even in relation to morbidity, death. Like, whoa, no, that's not, not what you came to catch the moment, but you came to catch the moment for these, for these, for these nuggets. That's what you came here for. And listen, I'm not talking about, I'm not focused on morbidity, but how about anxiety is a real thing. Anxiety about certain situations. And when we're more self-aware 
when we have greater concerns beyond ourselves. And guess what? If you go to the dictionary, you can see that, you know, having a, a lower sense of self-importance, it doesn't mean that you're not, that you're, you, you're just not infatuated with yourself, <laughs> right? So having that mind equips you to better deal with anxiety, even in issues that, that affect the soul, things like morbidity. The second thing that she said was humble, humble, excuse me, humility leads to a excellence in leadership, right? Because humble people tend to be a little bit more likable. So I'll give you an example. I've never been inclined to like people that I could perceive arrogance with. Now, listen, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time, but I grew up in the, you know, I grew up in that era of basketball. I was a Magic Johnson fan. You know why? He just came off, you know, like Mike came off, you know, a little gum chewing, a little gum chewing, you know, a little bow leg walk, you know, and, now, guess what? I admire so, so many things about Michael Jordan. But he had this arrogance about him that I, I could perceive. I'm like, oh, listen, I'm down with magic. He played three positions in one game. So that's just, when you're, when you're humble, you can actually be more likable. When you're more likable, people are willing to listen to you better. So even in relation to leadership, it actually boils down to your effectiveness too because you're modeling something that people can believe in. Right. So it actually enhances leadership, humility, higher self-control. One of the benefits of humility is higher self-control. Why? Self-awareness. Right. You're like, bruh, you know, you know, I really like ice cream. Right. And if I don't if I don't know that I really like ice cream, I'm going to eat a little too much ice cream. <laughs> right. So that's that's something we really want to be aware of is just, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of what's going on here. And for that, I'm going to put the measures in place so that I'm disciplined in my pursuits. Discipline is what leads to excellence. We, you know, we can, if you're a high value guy, you, you know, you, excuse me, if you're a high um, motivation, you're driven, you might be motivated, but discipline is what anchors long-term success. Four is humility leads to better work performance. This is all, you know, research-based. They're asking people, right? Surveys, get your feedback. At least a better work performance. This is a cool one, right? So for all my young ones out here listening, humility leads to better grades. <laughs> oh, I got lots of kids, right? So if you could just be teachable, if you can listen, right? We talked about these skills. If you could just listen a little bit more to what the teacher has to say, you could perform better. You could perform better in school. You know, I told my kids they all got working brains. So there's no reason why they shouldn't get a, a dynamic scholarship. Because all you have to do is what you're supposed to do. So I try to share these things in a way where what is admirable is attainable, but they have to be teachable, right? They have to be teachable. So this is really imperative. How about how cool was that? Better grades. Number six was people who are humble are actually less prejudiced. And, it, you know, what it, what it amounts to is that, you know, humble people have a low sense of entitlement. I mean, like you don't feel like the world owes you something. So you actually become more tolerant. You don't, you know, you, I don't, you don't, you know, I'm not owed the idea that you believe everything I say. I have to earn that, persuade you. I have to live it. Whatever I'm, whatever I'm living, whatever I'm proclaiming, um, that, that has to be consistent. So I'm actually just as willing to consider your own ideas. So number six is we find that humble people, people who are taking on this attribute of humility tend to be less prejudiced, right? So when we find one to be less prejudiced, I mean, they're not making presumptuous conclusions about people. 
They have a low sense of entitlement, meaning like we don't believe, I don't believe anybody owes me anything. You know, I don't believe that the world owes me a, a, a large fan base. I don't believe that they owe me their their loyalty because I had because I caught a ball on the side of my head. No one owes me anything. I'm earning my right. I'm earning my value every single day. And so we have a low sense of entitlement and you're more tolerant, you're more considerate of others' ideas, beliefs, and experiences. So that's some research-based benefit to humility. Number seven is that um, humble people are actually more helpful, which actually makes sense, meaning your consideration, your valuing, your esteeming of others, you know, and the, the deflated ego, right? Because ego isn't evil, right? Ego is, 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 a, is, a, is, a, is really um, the assessment of your own importance. You just don't want to overvalue yourself. You know, every year I, I, I work with players with the New York football giants and player development. So every year we get a new crop of rookies, right? And of course you got your first round pick to your free agents. And because the money, you know, the, the free agent tends to be more humble by nature. Why? He was, he came in on a $500, a $1,000, $5,000 versus many of our first rounders who earned the right to be paid millions of dollars, Right. So they're a little more sober about the possibility of their career not being long. And it, might has, it may have very little to do with their skills. It's just that when a team invests money into people, they, 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 they got a lot invested. They want to see them do well. And so those other guys have to have a greater sense of awareness about what opportunities exist and how they're going to find their way onto that team by nature of their value, right? They have a deflated ego just because of the way they came in and they can find their lane, right? So, so back to that point, um, I really talking about the deflated ego, hum humble people are more helpful. So, you know, my, 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 my free agents, they quicker to get on them special teams. <laughs> they quicker to find creative ways to help the team. So take that metaphor and find out ways to be more helpful. So number eight, and some of the benefits of humility is humble people have better relationships, right? So, and, and, it's, and it's just that sense. Think back to what we talked about early on, the three components that really, um, how we characterize humility, high self-awareness, right? Showing appreciation for others and emphasizing a culture of learning or having a growth mindset. Listen, I think these are things that we have to commit to every single day, but strengthening those, those action items, right? And being determined to add value in other people's life is what will actually bring us to this, to this, this crossroad of tremendous relationships. Remember, win people, don't win arguments. Because when you win people, and not with your own selfish motives to gain, when you're genuine, when you're authentic in your approach, when you win people, then they're more willing to provide some of the resources that they have to offer. If you go straight for the resources, it's hit or miss, right? You're not a priority. But when people recognize that you're authentic in your approach and you're not full of yourself, right? you're not full of yourself, you're not Mr. Balloon Head, you're not a hot air balloon who, who feel like you're going to go take over the world by yourself and on your own accord. But when you're that piece of the puzzle, it's that humility in action. It's powerful. It's confidence. It's assurance that I'm valued 
and I have enough to offer, right? I have enough to offer within myself and maximize these relationships. So those were eight things. Those were research. I, I thought they were tremendous. I hope they add value to you. So remember, humility was the first piece of our transition toolkit. Stay, stay tuned because there's more to come. Life is constantly moving. We need to be anchored in who we are every single day along that process, along that journey, right? Because life is, is swinging blows. Mike Tyson's still out there. He got them hands still. And you don't want to get, you don't want to get mollywop with a, with a blow from life. So <laughs> I'm just being honest. Humility will serve us well as we're navigating our lives, as we're navigating transitions. And I certainly want you to be equipped so that you can catch your moment. And so this is what's really important. This is how you're going to catch the moment by recognizing the value within those people, how to exercise humility in a way where it's serving you. So that's what we talked about today. We talked about humility. Next week, next time I catch up on the solo, we'll talk about being adaptable. Then we'll talk about being pliable. And lastly, we'll talk about curiosity. So I, th that was the transition toolkit. Today is all about humility. Lock in, put them action items to work. And listen, recognize the benefits and receive every single one of them. Stay humble, but also stay hungry in that pathway to greatness. Listen, that's, that's your boy, David Tyree. I need y'all to make sure you share this good news. Make sure you share this words. David Tyree, 85, lock in with us because we are on the pathway to get great done. Thank you for tuning in to Catch the Moment Podcast.